Just wanna let you know that the links for everything are down below to my guest and to the Serpents and Doves website. I wanna encourage everybody to check those out. Also, if you can, remember to subscribe, to like, and to share the videos. And if you feel led to help support the work that I'm doing to come alongside it, whether with a single or a monthly recurring donation, you can do so by clicking in the link below. And I hope you guys enjoy. Let's get to it. All right, fam. So listen, before we get into the actual video, Pastor Jason and I, yeah, I'm laughing, you're laughing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you and uh so that you could tell people. Uh, why we're laughing and what to expect <laughs> on the show they're about to watch. Well, we're like almost starting with an apology. I hate it when people do that, but I guess we're not really <laughs> we're not apologizing. We're just trying to give you guys a heads up ahead of time. The, yeah. I, the video says it's going to be about the gap period between the rapture and the tribulation period. And it is. And we do we do start out talking about that. But um, we went we went a little bit into UFOs and aliens and yep. But it, it was on topic uh, yeah. ish, so just just a heads up on that. And uh, my OCD was messing with me. I said, Pablo, we're <laughs> supposed to be talking about uh, we're supposed to be talking about the gap period, and it was that was forty five minutes in. So it's um, all good. It's all good. We'll get there. I love it. Hey, we'll get yeah, ho- the Holy Spirit leads, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, we had a great conversation, family, and I love it because uh, we're laughing about it. Hopefully, you guys could laugh about it too. It's not that the show, uh, the podcast you're about to watch is not good and that it's not. It's very informative. It's good. It's Holy Spirit led. And uh, just bear with us. We we are going to be talking about the gap uh, period on the next part with Pastor Jason David. So listen, folks, uh, just we're going to jump right on in and pray that you guys would enjoy it. See you guys. All right. Well, family, we're still here. Rapture hasn't happened. So we're here to share a lot of good stuff with you. Uh, we get another opportunity. Pastor Jason, actually, you're on this side right here. Brother, what is going on? Thanks for coming on, my man. What's up, man? It's always uh, an honor and privilege, privilege to be here. I can't even say privilege. Privil- privilege. <laughs> I, I love talking to you and uh, and just being part of um, just talking Bible prophecy and uh, pre-trib rapture and all the stuff we're going to talk about today. It's I get excited just talking about it. So, again, thank you for having me, man. Really yeah, is dude. an honor. Always. I love having you, man. And uh, some people say we're twins. You have hair. I don't have hair. And uh, to be honest with you, they say that because they haven't seen us standing side by side. You tower over me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know what? I'm not what? that much taller than you. Come on. Oh, dude, come on. You're what are you like? Six foot three? Six three. Yeah, I'm six oh, three. Yeah, with my shoes kidding? on. <laughs> oh, man. With my shoes on, I might be 5'10". Maybe. Okay. I might be a little under. So, yeah, your kid, you could just tap me on the head and go, what are you doing, little fella? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised. So when I spoke at your church and I walked in, I'm all, whoa, dude, you're tall, man. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Then- I do... Since I moved to New Mexico, because originally I'm from Michigan, I do feel a lot taller here. No offense to anybody in New Mexico, but uh, <laughs> I do feel feel large. I, did, I at home I feel normal. I'm at like average, but uh, anyways, so I'm gonna wait, stop wait. talking about that. No, 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 no. You're from you're from <laughs> Minnesota, right? You're from, Minnesota, from Michigan. Michigan. Mi- Michigan. Okay, so what yeah. is everybody taller in Michigan? 
I guess like when I just think about my kind of high school, college group of friends, yeah, six two, six two, six three, six four, six six. You know, that the, the little guy was five ten, but most of us were over. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, I'm, I'm offending people already. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Anyways. Oh man, no, this is good. I love. See, I wouldn't have been able to be part of your circle of friends because yeah. in order to get into the boys' club, you got to be at least six feet. <laughs> At least. at least this tall. Yeah. At least that tall. <laughs> Pass the shoulders. Pass the shoulders. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, man, we got a whole lot to talk about. You've been busy. You've been doing a whole lot. Yeah. Why don't you fill us in a little bit? We'll just take a couple minutes. I want people to hear what you're doing in ministry and what God's been laying on your heart as of late. So take it away, brother. Just busy praying and seeking God's will and direction for our church, for our family, uh, my personal family, and just uh, what his... Uh, next steps are for us. So um, one thing I'm really excited about and looking forward to is uh, we're going to have baptisms, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So uh, probably about 15 people signed up for baptisms or something like that. So I'm just, I love doing back baptisms. I love when people sign up for that and, and to explain what it is and just uh, how it's a symbol of, you know, what's already happened in your heart and how it's a symbol of your old life of sin being washed away by the blood of Jesus. And when you Amen. come up out of the water, a symbol of your new life in Christ. So I'm really excited about the baptisms coming up in two weeks. Um, and we're praying through a lot of things. We have been praying through and decided to start a Wednesday night service at our church Sweet. currently. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I, I know it's God's will, though. So there's a lot of different kind of emotions. It's kind of like when we first started the church, but a little bit different. But um, excited to to do a Wednesday night because I really um, have a burden on my heart for Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, where he says, hey, do these things more as you say the day approaching and it's get together and stir up love and good works. And so we want to um, provide another another service to be able to do that with the people that are in this community and go to our church. It's like, Hey, we, we need each other more, more now than ever. Just like you and I were just talking yeah. about a minute ago, and like, we, we need to be together because especially with people that have the gift of, um, exhortation, like there's a, and it's encouraging to be around just the body, but there are some specific people that, you know, some, I know some that they are, God intentionally gifted those people with the gift of exhortation and, and, and encouragement and yep. just being around those people will, will lift you out of, you know, sadness or depression or when yeah. you're struggling through different things. And I'm even thinking of a guy right now that when I'm, that goes to our church, that when I'm around him, my days just goes a hundred times better just because of how God gifted that guy. And he doesn't even have to really say or do much. It's just who he is and how God gifted him. So excited about Wednesdays and uh, we're praying about different things about um, purchasing uh, the building we're in right now. So just a lot of, a lot of big, cool, awesome God decisions that need to happen um, in his timing, but we're, I'm Amen. excited. So, no, yeah. you know what folks, uh, if you can remember, uh, please keep pastor Jason in your prayers because obviously you got a lot going on, man. You got a lot on your plate, a lot of decisions, and we trust the Holy Spirit will be the one to guide you in those decisions. So praise God Amen. for that, because growth is good, right? Growth Amen. just shows that the Holy Spirit is moving. And we know that, listen, if you're in the New Mexico, Berlin area, uh, by all means, please stop by Pastor Jason's church. You will be blessed. 
The folks there are so loving, kind, and amazing. And I speak from firsthand experience when I went over there. They are so embracing and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful family. So praise God for that. And Lord's blessed you with a beautiful family, not only church, but your own family too. You're busy doing that. Uh, you got a full plate, brother. <laughs> it's good. Like you said, God is good. And and thank you for that reminder because I do need to, to remember that all the time. Um, both of us, I should yeah. say, are yeah. blessed with our, our wives and our children. And, yep. uh, and God is good. And it, it their children are a reward from God, right? So yeah, um, yeah. Amen to everything you just said, and, and yeah. you're right. So. Amen. So listen, folks, we have uh, a whole lot of stuff to talk about, but a specific subject to talk about. And Pastor Jason and I kind of alluded to that. I think the last podcast we did, yeah, uh, we said, yeah, hey, you know what? Last. Right, we should talk about the gap period. I got a couple of emails and comments saying you guys really need to address uh, this whole subject of the gap period, the interim period, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think it's a good place for us to just sit here and discuss. Um, now, again, let me just say this, that just because we're, you know, we're talking about these things, this is what we believe, scripturally speaking, is what's going to happen on the flip side of the rapture. Does that mean it's 100% accurate? No, I'm not going to be right. dogmatic about it. And I know Pastor Jason... We can't be dogmatic about this. Right. Um, but if we can gather scripture together and and based on the things that we're seeing happening all around us, um, to me, this is the way I've always felt it fits scripture best, right? The mm -hmm. way that things roll out. So with that said, um, I would love to hear. Well, you know what? Let's not even go there. First, let's just um let me bring both of us together. So tell us what we mean by the gap period or the interim period. There are those that might know what, we, what we're referring to, and there might be some that uh, might be watching this for the first time or are new to, to um, end times eschatology, you know, end times Bible prophecy, and they're like, wait, what do you mean by that? Why don't you tell them a bit what we mean when we say that? So we're not talking about the clothing store, the gap, which I was thinking. <laughs> no, don't go there. Uh, they're woke. <laughs> I, fi I figured they were. I didn't know if they were. Yeah. Idols. Yeah. Uh, anyways, not that gap, but they're um, the gap that seems to be, and we're going to talk about why we think this pretty soon, um, seems to be between the rapture of the church and the start of the tribulation period. There's time between those two events. And so um, I think this first point is is really important, even though if, if you've thought about this a lot before or studied it, this is super basic and simple, but if you don't get this first part, none of the rest will really make sense. So um, the the tribulation period um, does not start with the rapture of the church. Yeah. right? And, and I know a lot of people think that. And I, I remember when I thought that before, too, as well. We just kind of, if we don't talk about the gap period or some of the distinctives of the beginning of the tribulation period and actually what starts that kind of in our heads, I think we just naturally go, yeah, rapture, tribulation period, you know, second coming and millennial kingdom and all that. But uh, as we look at scripture and think it through and even just look at like Daniel 927. Yeah. Um, Why don't you read it? Okay, let me grab yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the rapture doesn't start the the tribulation period. So super important, I th I think, just to start there. 
um, what does start the tribulation period. So that's why we're going to Daniel not, uh, chapter 9, verse 27. Um, this is the thing that starts the tribulation period. Uh, Daniel 9, verse 27 says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many or with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. So it gives us the the starting event, if you want to call it that, for the tribulation period or for the 70th week of Daniel, right? Because this whole section of scripture, uh, starting in verse 24, is all about the 70 weeks that God has planned for the nation of Israel. What starts the 70th week is the covenant that the Antichrist um signs or, or initiates or brings together with the nation of Israel that he confirms with the nation of Israel. It's, it's the, um, it's the covenant that starts the trib, not yeah. the rapture. So, yeah. um, do you want to jump in on that or what do you want to, um, yeah, I mean, again, you hit the nail on the head. There's not a whole lot for me to add, except yeah. this, that, um, there, there is this, um, there's this, kind of overtone right now within Bible prophecy that the, you know, when the Antichrist confirms a covenant, and I know the Bible doesn't say a peace covenant, right? There's this, there's this, um, notion that it doesn't have to be a peace covenant between Israel and the Arab nations. And I completely disagree with that. Um, mm -hmm. I think that we can infer especially given the current uh, geopolitical situation over there, that the covenant that begins, that signing, like you said, that begins the mm -hmm. seven-year tribulation, if we go back to Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 20, you can go down to 26, and it talks about the 70 weeks, right? And the yeah. 70th week which is the last seven years, the tribulation period. Right now we're in what we call a pause or a parenthesis, which is the church age, uh, which I, I know you and I both believe, and many do, that that's about to come to a close very, very near. But the, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that the covenant that the Antichrist will confirm, uh, confirm is going to be a peace treaty. Why do I think it's going to be a peace treaty? And it's important for us to understand the fact that um, if you go and try to build a temple on the um, the Temple Mount right now, you'll have World War III essentially, right? Um, that th there's no everybody, every leader has tried to bring some semblance of peace between Israel and the Arabs, and more now than ever, the Jewish nation is clamoring for the rebuilding of the third temple. They have everything ready for it, um, and they're ready to, to do the sacrifices in the temple. The outer court doesn't have to be there. Um, that's left uh, for the Gentiles to trample over, so doesn't have to have the outer court. But the reason why, if, for example, if we look at Orthodox Judaism, right? Orthodox Judaism... Um, uh, what they believe, the way they believe they're going to recognize their Messiah, though we know that to be Jesus Christ, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeshua HaMashiach. They believe that one of the ways they'll recognize that it's their Messiah is because their Messiah will lead them in the rebuilding of their yeah. temple. 
And so that's something that's really important for us to understand. Why? Because even those in mainstream Judaism are now adopting that same, uh, you know, that same ideology, that same um, uh, what what the what they're looking for, right? That the Antichrist, or in their case, the Messiah, is going to be the one that will lead them in the rebuilding of their temple. And so you have to have peace, right? Always, everybody's clamoring, peace in the Middle East, peace in the Middle East. You had the Abraham Accords, but peace has to happen in order for this um, temple to be built. If peace doesn't happen, if there's not some sort of consensus between the Arabs and the Israelis, that's never going to happen. And though many have come before to be able to try and bring that peace, right? They want to be the first ones to go, it was me. You know, I'm the one that brought true peace in the Middle East. Yeah. The man of lawlessness is going to do what no man in history was able to do, and that is to bring together these two warring people, the Arabs and the Jews, which goes all the way back to Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we got Isaac. And we have Ishmael. That's as, I mean, that's how far back it goes. You could read about that in the book of Genesis. And so it's important that we understand that, that peace has to be there. And yes, like you said, um, though the Bible doesn't say peace, we know that that's what the reference is here. And so it's important for us to understand until that seven-year covenant isn't signed. I mean, call it whatever you want. Signed, enforced, made strong, you know, whatever it is, there has to be that seven-year peace covenant or covenant in this case um, for the tribulation to start. So again, you hit the nail on the head. That's the start of the tribulation. And But what happens before that? I'm going to throw that back to you. I think even what you're saying right now to me is uh, uh, the fact that there has to be peace in the Middle East and, I mean, on the Temple Mount. We're talking about this specific location in uh, in Israel, in Jerusalem. And and you mentioned this before. I have, too, in other prophecy updates that uh, um, I I got this from Don Stewart. I think you did, too. Israel is the... um, our hand, Jerusalem's the, yep. the minute hand. The Temple Mount is the second hand related to like Bible prophecy timing. Yep. And I think the fact that um, there there does have to be peace on the very Temple Mount is evidence in itself of a gap period um, between the rapture and the start of the tribulation period. And, I, and the reason I'm saying that um, is because it, it makes sense to me. And this is one of those things where... Can I prove this a hundred percent? No, it just, it seems to make sense as, as we think it through, but it makes sense to me that, um, after the, uh, Ezekiel 38, Gog Magog war, Ezekiel 38, 39 war, um, peace on the temple Mount will be way more likely. And it'll be more likely for, uh, the antichrist to be able to do this covenant because, um, God's going to take out a ton of the Muslim nations around Israel at that time uh, at, at, uh, at the uh, as he intervenes in the Ezekiel 38 war, right? God comes and cleans it up and takes them all out. Well, you just eliminated um, a whole bunch of Muslims that surround the nation of Israel right now that, that are stopping them from building the, um, the temple and having peace on the Temple Mount. Um, and I think it's way more likely... Um, after that war, which I believe happens in the gap period, um, 
for the Antichrist to then come out of that and go, okay, there's not as much deadly hostile resistance to that. It's still there, but it's not like it was before. Um, and he'll be able to make the the treaty because there's not so much um, Muslim interference like there yep. is now. What, what do you think about that? We've never actually talked about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's to discuss, you know, this whole notion of this, this gap period. Some believe it could, I don't buy one iota that it's going to just be one month and then boom, we're immediately in the tribulation. There's no way yeah. on earth. There is way too much groundwork that still has to happen before we, we even get there. And so yeah. again, um, is it something that is overtly stated in Scripture? No, but we can gather from Scripture, right, and put the puzzle pieces together and go, okay, we could see the big picture now yeah. on how this is supposed to roll out. Um, can I throw one in there? Like a don't, reason dude, why? Just throw yeah. it in there, man. Just don't ask. Just throw don't it ask. Just, just throw it. Don't, yep. don't you ask again. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. I got my, I got my <laughs> catcher's glove on, yeah, dude. Yeah, just get throw your it. glove ready. <laughs> um. So that the, the rapture doesn't start the tribulation period. We, we believe that the uh, Bible teaches a gap. And, and here's yep. one of the reasons that I was thinking through, okay, what does that look like? Why could there be a gap there? Why do I believe there is a gap there? And, and as much as is possible, think of how huge of an event the rapture itself is going to be. So just just take the rapture itself. And I know it's almost impossible for us to, to get the full weight of what life is going to be like on earth after the rapture, but try to go there for a second with me. Like what will the earth look like after the rapture? Yep. Complete, complete chaos, right? And, and, and we can kind of go into some of those things, but for this point, we don't have to. But it's going to be an unprecedented worldwide you know, universe-wide um, uh, event that happens that impacts every single person on the planet, right? No, no one's not going to be impacted by the rapture, yep. even if you don't have kids, even if you don't have anybody that you know that's a Christian. Like everybody will be impacted by the results of the rapture, and so because it's such a huge supernatural event, I believe it needs a huge supernatural explanation, right? I, I don't. The more I think about it. I don't think you can just go, you know, the rapture happens, all these people are gone, all the children are gone instantaneously, society's freaking out, there's, there's, you know, all this stuff's happening. I don't think they're just going to be able to go, you know, a virus caused that or, hmm. um, you know, I don't, even, if, even if they do the UFO alien narrative, and I do think that's a, a huge probability that that's what is going to yep. happen. They're going to try to uh, use UFOs and aliens to explain away the rapture. Even, even if they do that, that still has to be built up to a point where it will be believable and people will believe it. And, and let me throw this in the, uh, on that. Um, I, I totally believe that's happening right now because we're seeing more and more stuff about UFOs, aliens, yep. even about a month ago. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like a lieutenant colonel that testified before Congress um, yeah. that he was aware of um, non-human craft and he said non-human biologics. So, yeah. so now you got a guy testifying before Congress, a, a military person or an ex-military person. Intelligence. Um, intelligence. In, intelligence. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But, but somebody that's credible, right? That, yep. you know, why would he lie? And if he's lying under oath before Congress, he's going to get in big trouble. So, 
he's saying we have craft and bodies and you and you bring that in and you go well what's that then because and I'm, I'm trying not to go way off over here it's okay this, we're it's totally about okay but it's um, okay so it in in and and again we don't have to go here but just seeing a ufo is to me that's easy to explain with the bible right uh you got um Ezekiel chapter one, there's uh, Revelation chapter nine, where we can line different things up with. This seems to be talking about either fallen angels or demons, which I believe are the um, disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, right? It, mm -hmm. it seems to be talking about those things as far as what it looks like. But when you take it to the next step and you have actual physical, like a craft that you could touch and feel and physical bodies that you can you can touch and and it's physical then what is it then and i still believe the bible has an explanation for that too and again i'm not trying to get way off on that but here's what i'm trying to say um that's ramping up but i don't believe we'll see the fullness of um the ufo alien thing until after the rapture and and i'm not saying we can't right now see more and we can't i'm not saying like we might not see a some kind of craft now they might reveal themselves in that way but here's what i'm saying satan right now is um he's being restrained right the restrainer yeah. is still here and so he can't do the fullness of what he wants to do as far as deception and and lying signs and wonders and all that he can't do that yet but imagine after the restrainer is removed after the church is is gone he'll have a lot more freedom to do lying signs and wonders and i, I it makes sense to me that He'll do the fullness of the UFO thing after the rapture because he won't be restrained. And that's really when he's going to bring in the narrative of um, I'm going to deceive people with aliens and UFOs in order to explain away the rapture. And that, I think, is going to take a little bit of time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think the the explanation for the rapture is going to take a little bit of time to, to get people to believe it. And so you're going to have to have at least you're going to have to have a gap period to be able to do that one thing. And. There's other things I know we're going to talk about, but to me that I would start there and go, he's got to have time to build that narrative a little bit unrestrained, right? Because he's building yeah. it right now. But I think once he goes unrestrained, then he's going to build it a lot more. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so I agree with you 100%. I, I think and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt because I've talked about this at length and I'm going to continue talking about the whole UFO deception. Um, you know, they, they changed the name UFO, Unidentified Flying Object, and it's uh, UAP, Unidentified yeah. Aerial Phenomena. I don't know what other stuff they're coming up with now. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I agree with you 100%. There has to be an explanation on the flip side of the rapture to explain away what just yeah. happened to millions of people and children, right? And what we're seeing happen right now, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that setup, that priming for that deception. Is that going to be the only one? No, because we're going to yeah. go from uh, uh, instantaneously, in one second, we're going to go from, like you said, Holy Spirit restraining evil to no holds barred, all kinds of deceptions. And again, you know, I say this all the time, we are wearing pre-rapture goggles. So we're yeah. looking at the world from a perspective with pre-rapture goggles. And we it's hard for us to take those off and try and see things from a different perspective. But even when we go into Scripture, it's still even difficult for us 
to to visualize yep. how things are going to change in one second. As soon as that trumpet sounds and we're out of here, this world is going to go from the natural to the supernatural instantly. And so, you know, just based on that fact alone, the things that we're seeing prime all throughout the world, especially here in the States, because we're not the only ones that are discussing this issue of the UFOs, the alien, you know, uh, being in possession of possible alien bodies. And I'm saying alien bodies. And I know there are people now that are listening to you and me, Pastor Jason, and they're scratching their heads and they're going, you guys are like so crazy. (laughs) Pastor Jason drinks New Mexico water and they've got to have something in there. And, you know, uh, they do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, at the end of the day, and I've always gone back to this example too, um, Brad Myers, who's a dear friend of mine, he talks a lot about that, has done tons, I mean, spent years researching this. He's helped Chuck Missler write his book with Mark Easton and uh, on the deception. And listen, it's not difficult. It's difficult for us. Uh, just bear with me a sec. It's difficult for us to, to try and comprehend the supernatural because we in the West have been shielded from things of the occult and the supernatural for many, many decades within the church. I really believe that one of the biggest disservices the Western church has done is to shield the people from the activity of Satan and the demonic. Hmm. And what I mean by that is we go back to the Old Testament and we go back to Genesis and when, you know, you've got Moses. Moses is before Pharaoh in his first, you know, his first appearance before Pharaoh, right? And yeah. he says, let my people go. And you got to imagine, this is a court full of people. He's got his diviners, his magicians there. you got Pharaoh. You've got, I mean, everybody's there. And uh, Pharaoh, uh, Moses goes in with Aaron, and pretty much the whole discussion is let my people go or else. And Pharaoh's like, or else what, dude? What? What are you going to do? And he throws his you know, staff down, and it becomes a snake. No one was phased by that. Now, imagine if you're in church, right, Pastor Jason, and you you go outside and you bring back this stick from a tree and you go, this is the power of the Lord, and you throw it down and it becomes a cobra. I guarantee you, you will not have one person left in your church, dude. <laughs> Including me and my <laughs> wife. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? The only ones that might stay are the kids because they just have that, that childlike faith, yeah. right? So you... Oh, yeah. So, but the Bible never alludes to anybody being phased one iota by what they were seeing. It was almost like yawn factor. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Is that all you got? You know, he calls his magicians in and we all know the story. They throw their three, their three staffs down and they all become a snake. No one seems to be bugged. I could probably see like, yeah, you know, the Egyptians cheering like, yeah, take that, man. You know, we got you. What? And then what happens? We see the power of God. I love how God just saves that for, for the last moment. You know, when, yeah. when Satan thinks he's got the last word, he's got three up on one, and we're good, we're golden. And who knows if these snakes of theirs had little red beady eyes. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But I love it because the snake of Moses' staff eats every single one of them, and that's when their jaw dropped. Yeah. Right? That was not, they weren't faced by the supernatural that they were seeing. 
what blew their mind was how powerful God is and that that one snake ate up the rest of theirs. And now they're staffless. So think about that. There is no power because the power was in their staff, right? And now they're powerless, kind of like what we see in many of these. I don't watch them, but the warlock movies and the witch movies, the wizard movies, the wizards have their staff. And that's where power comes from. You take that away, you break that, there's no power. And so that's what we're seeing is how God is almighty. He is over, he is all powerful. But it didn't surprise him, dude. Didn't surprise him one bit. So why would it surprise us that Satan is capable of producing biological alien bodies in formaldehyde, maybe, you know, who knows? They're kept over formaldehyde. But that shouldn't surprise us one iota. But you would be surprised, no pun, that there are a lot of people that think you and I are off our rocker. And it's not. Hopefully that that number is getting lower, right? Because of yeah. everything that's happening in the world, and we're we're putting. Uh, I know Pablo's doing podcasts like this, or he's. I know he's been doing it for a while, but we're trying to get the word out, right? Of Jesus is coming. Here are the reasons why. Here are the things that we want people to know what's going on. So hopefully, the um, what's it called the the taboo ness of the subject of UFOs and aliens is is going away and it's becoming okay in the church to talk about these things. Why? Because listen, the Bible has answers to what's happening and what they are and um, what ultimately it looks like Satan's going to do to try to use those things uh, to deceive people. To me, it's the perfect explanation for the rapture. But again, I believe that um, one of the reasons for the gap period is he has to have a little bit of time to build up that narrative. and, And so in my mind, and again, not 100%, just like this timeline-wise uh, makes sense to me and the fact that the restrainer is going to be removed, Satan will be able to do his, again, lying signs and wonders, is that there's a huge um, a revealing or you know coming to earth of aliens and alien craft after the rapture. And that becomes normalized and that becomes the way, uh, that could become the way that Satan explains, hey, where did all these people go? Where did the these children go? Oh, well, uh, God didn't actually create the planet. These aliens did and they were the creators. And there's a whole other explanation behind it um, that takes people away from God and, and to Satan. But let me throw this in there as well. Uh, just, I don't know, a caveat that I think I told you before. Yeah. I live, I live about an hour and a half away from the Roswell crash site <laughs> in New Mexico, nice. which I didn't even, so the Roswell <laughs> crash site is actually an hour and a half away from Roswell itself, um, toward, toward where I live. And so, uh, they, it's called, it's a little, really, really small town called Corona, New Mexico. It, the crash site's there on, on somebody's ranch. Uh, so you can't just go access it. It's on private property, but, um, they took it to Roswell because I think that was the nearest military base. And so it's just known as the Roswell crash site, but it's actually out in the middle of nowhere, a uh, desert in, in a really, really, really small town in New Mexico. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I just thought I, th- I thought I'd throw that in there. If anybody, no, cares. no, no, for sure. I'll go. throw I'll throw something else out there real quick. And um, this is, I believe, and I could be wrong again. I can't be dogmatic about it. But just some just some food for thought. What if what if the Lord allows a kid? Because we got to remember, Satan can't do anything without God's stamp of approval on it. Period right? It's, uh, yep. God is the ultimate say. Yeah, he allows Satan to have 
X amount of power, but that is all limited to what the Lord allows, period. But even with that said, um, I could see... I could see alien craft. Now, when I say alien, right, unfortunately, that term's been abused for so many years. Demonic manifestations, which is probably Amen. much better. Uh, we'll, we'll call them DMs, right? Demonic manifestations. We see DM spacecraft because we got to remember they could come from a diff they come from a different dimension. We live in the natural, right. but the spirit realm is very real. And that's another dimension, right? When we, when we cease to exist here physically, our spirit will cross into the realm of the spiritual. And so I have no doubt in my mind that they can um, come in and out of that dimension at will. We've seen that in some of the footage. But why would it be so hard for us to think that a spacecraft, a demonic manifestation spacecraft, could appear somewhere around the world, doesn't necessarily have to be here in the States, it could be anywhere around the world, where people, by the bazillions and maybe even caught on film, will be able to see it. I'm curious how many so-called professing Christians, after seeing that, and maybe even after seeing uh, aliens, again, demonic manifestations as aliens, making contact and saying, we've been watching you, for many, many centuries, and you guys are about to kill yourselves, and we had to intervene. We are your creators. We have been yeah. watching you, right? How many professing Christians would say, wow, we've been sold a bunch of bunk with the Bible. I believe in these guys because I could see them, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll fall away, and then the rapture happens, why would it be so difficult for the explanation also to be, you see, all of these people that have disappeared, Mother Earth, Gaia, whatever you want to call it, has cleansed itself of these people that were causing the problems we had here on Earth, right? I could totally see that happening. I'm not saying that's the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying 100%, but we can't discount the things because they might be too far beyond our grasp, our comprehension. We can't do that. Why? Because we see it all here in Scripture, and nobody in Scripture ever seemed to be phased by it. I mean, seriously, think about it. If what if what if you know? There's a lot of people that unfortunately abuse their animals, and I hate seeing that. Mm -hmm. But could you imagine somebody doing something to an animal that's not right and the Lord opens up the mouth of that animal and it starts talking? <laughs> and some of you might be saying right now, that's just crazy. That's ludicrous. <laughs> Hello, Balaam's donkey. Yeah. Why is it that it's easy for us to read the Bible and to say, oh, I totally believe that the Lord opened Balaam's donkey's mouth. But when something else happens, no, 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 we automatically discount it. Nope, can't be that. I mean, the, the, the Bible is full of the supernatural. Amen. Right? Well, I mean, Amen. let me throw something your way. What, what, okay. what does the Bible say happened when Jesus breathed his last, right? It is finished. I believe that's mm -hmm. Tetelestai, right? Mm -hmm. Correct? Yep. When he breathed his last and he gave up his spirit, he willingly gave up his spirit. God, that's important. We need to understand that. What happened to the tombs? Why don't you tell people yeah. what happened? 
the dead the dead were raised is that what you're talking about yeah there was a there was a a physical bodily resurrection but let me let me put that into the right term i believe that was a physical bodily resuscitation because i i believe when that happened those people it was like lazarus right they they came Uh, back to life the graves were open yep the bodies god breathed breath of breath of life back into them but they did die again because i agree because Jesus is the first fruits of those um, who have fallen, right? He's the first one to be yep. physically, bodily resurrected in the eternal state. So maybe that that's a big point to me. It might not be to any other No, no, people, no, no. Yeah, I'm, so glad, the, the, I'm glad you brought that in. No, no, no. I'll, I'm going to throw this back to you. But what would happen, folks? And let me, let me get your take on this. No joke. Again, we're talking about the supernatural being a possibility. Yeah. But what would happen, no joke, if... If people in a cemetery, all of a sudden you see people that died back in like the 1800s and they come back to life. No joke. I mean, that is some crazy supernatural stuff, but it's here. Amen. So, I mean, seriously, why do we discount the supernatural? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a fear of, of man and and rather than a fear of god i'm just i'm throwing out ideas yeah. now. like maybe maybe it's that we do fear man more than we realize and we don't want people to think we're weird and crazy and and like would that mess with people's um mentality in that like i don't know if that i can explain that with the bible so i'm gonna ignore it or i i don't know or it gonna or it's gonna cause me to um lose faith because i maybe i don't know my bible good enough um I'm I'm not sure, but I think your point is right. I agree with it. Like, we shouldn't be so uh, surprised by and ignoring of the supernatural yeah. like that, especially when those things happen. Yeah, that's that's clearly in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. What if we were standing there seeing the resurrection happen when Jesus, uh, when he died on the cross? Like, what would that be like? I don't know. Yeah, it would be. Right? We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be surprised by the supernatural. Let me throw in the. Um, um, again, I'm kind of going back to the UFO thing a little bit. Yeah. But no, let's do it. It's okay. One one example of, and I'm, I'm. It came to my mind because we just studied this at our church. Revelation 20, I think it's 21, but it's it's the New Jerusalem, right? It, it's Revelation 21. So yep. just a quick example of God bringing something from the spiritual realm into yep. the physical realm would be the new Jerusalem. And, and I'm saying that because um, you heard us talking about the, uh, um, and it's Revelation 21 verse two, and it's also in verses nine through 21. But just even in verse two of Revelation 21, it says, then I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down, descending out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then if you read uh, verses 9 through 21, it gives us the dimensions. It gives us all these details about this literal physical city that's going to exist in the new heavens and new earth. And it's going to be, you know, on this earth or on the new earth, I should say. But it's an example of God bringing something from the spiritual into the physical realm and it's the physical object right it's yep. it's this huge city and my point on that is so if god does that if that's possible why isn't it possible for satan to bring something from sure. the spiritual into the into the physical as well like an actual craft or like an actual body that he created in the spiritual realm but he brings it into the physical realm so 
um, the actual bodies that they have could be a body Satan created that was sure. um, possessed by demons, that the demons no longer possess it, the government has them, and that's a biblical explanation of what it could be. Um, yeah. It's totally there. It's, it's in our Bibles if we uh, read and study and understand. So we shouldn't be that caught off guard by it, right? We have no. it, uh, everything for faith in life in, in the Word of God. So That's right. Um, let, let me just throw something else out there. Um, okay. You know the 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 three demons that look like frogs. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe what is that? Revelation chapter. I think it's, is it nine? Nine or sixteen? It's in sixteen. It's sixteen verse okay. fourteen, I think. Yeah, nine. I'm thinking of the two hundred. Or thirteen. Yeah, right? I was thinking yeah. nine too. It's it's in sixteen, starting in verse thirteen. Okay, so it says in, why don't you read that for us? Just go, you know, go down, read that verse 13 and 14. Okay, it's Revelation 16, verse 13. It says, And I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them uh, to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Dude, that's the 14, right? So we, yeah. we have there and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs yep. coming out of the mouth of the dragon. So you have John here who saw these with his own eyes. And the first thing that their appearance, the first thing that he relates them to is like frogs. He didn't say they were frogs. He said they were like frogs. And I find it interesting that a lot of these uh, renderings of aliens, quote unquote, they mm -hmm. have the frog-like eyes, you know, the, the yep. webbed kind of hands, and they're either gray, there's the grays or the greens. Yep. And so obviously, again, we need to remember when John the Revelator was seeing all these things, a lot of the words, he didn't have words to describe the things that he was seeing uh, you know, back, well, he was seeing them in the future, but he didn't have words back then on the yeah. island of Patmos to describe what he was seeing in future times. So imagine how challenging for him that must have been, but praise God that I guarantee you the Lord was the one that helped him to get these things down on paper. But we're seeing that. Why is that so difficult for us to, to comprehend? Another thing I think of, too, and I'll, I'd love to get your take on this, is we need to remember that there is a priming that's happening, right? Yeah. For many, yep. many years, Hollywood has been the purveyor of many of these movies, and um, much of the desensitization of society today to the supernatural, and I include the church in there because, unfortunately, the church has partaken of many of these movies, horror movies, and, you know, um, t these, these demonic f uh, movie flicks, um, there has been a desensitization to where the mentality is like that could only happen in a movie, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's uh, many people go, there's no, that, there's no way. I'm okay reading it in the Bible, mm -hmm. but I'm not okay with seeing it in real life. How many people would be blown away? And we haven't even talked about the occult, the uptick in the occult. Dr. Hugh Ross um, 
said one thing that I thought was fabulous in an article. He said, what I find interesting, and I agree with him 100%, think about this. With more uptick in occult practices and in the embracing of the occult, what do we see? We see a, a, a massive uptick in UFO apparitions. And yeah. uh, you see what I'm saying? That the, They go yeah. hand in hand because it's one in the same. They're one in the same. So, you know, we have Hollywood again, who's been, and who do you think is, who do you think is behind Hollywood? I'll throw that at your way. Joe Biden. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Joe Biden doesn't know what's up and what's down, dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not. It's about, I sent you that text from, uh, I'm going to say it. I don't <laughs> go for it. Uh, <laughs> We were in Roswell because my wife was work, had some work to do there. So I went with her and uh, um, we're at the Alien Museum. <laughs> You're laughing, and, uh, dude. I sent, pa- <laughs> I love I it. sent Pablo a picture. It said, guess where I am. It was a picture of alien, you know, like a staged uh, uh, aliens on a, yep. I don't know, a planet or something. And I, I said, guess where I am. And the first thing he put was washington dc <laughs> it was it was all aliens <laughs> okay let me let me see if okay, i could show people on. that no edit, no no hold on hold on let me see if i could show uh folks let me see if i could get this on for you guys so just bear with me as i try to put this picture up um there you go yeah, there you there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah he said guess where i'm at and i said washington dc <laughs> But not, not too far off there, yeah. Yeah, yeah not, too, not too far off, family. Not too far off. Let me get back to, uh, actually, not me. Let's get back to the two of us here. But what, listen, but, go, go ahead. ahead. I, you no, no, you no. just asked a question. I, I threw it. And by the way, my OCD side is freaking out right now because we're supposed to be talking about the gap. <laughs> we will. No, no, <laughs> well, we, okay, you know right. what? We'll, we'll talk about the gap on the next one. I think we're okay. going to have to do a little intro. For okay. those of you that got this far in the video, obviously, we got sidetracked. But listen. In the very beginning, we did say, look, the covenant is what starts the tribulation. And then we kind of went back now to the rapture and things that could happen leading up to the rapture of the church, right? There's a massive move of deception. When I was at your church, I spoke on deception. Yep. um, And I felt ever since uh, the Lord has laid uh, that on my heart big time to really address the issue of deception. Eric Barger and I are doing a series and we will call on you to jump in and talk about that all three of us together because deception is only going to get worse and worse as we get to the threshold of the rapture of the church. And I believe that we are almost, I mean, we are there. We're like minutes away, right? Some people say we're in the last, uh, um, the last years of church history. I've heard some people say we're in the last hours. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, we are in the last seconds yep. of church history. And any moment, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and take us out of here. And it is the period between the rapture of the church when we're out and the signing of that covenant, yep. which we're going to talk about on the next segment. Okay. <laughs> Good. I, okay, I can... We're out of time mentally now. Okay. Yeah, no, we're out of time. And, and you know what though? We can, we could literally spend so many uh, podcasts talking about this because listen, is there a tie? And I'm going to ask you this question before I want you to share the gospel. Is there a tie between new age 
and the UFO movement? Do those go hand in hand? Yes. 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 No, no. I, I know the answer is <laughs> yes. I'm just I, messing. I, I'm just messing. Don't with say you. no. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding, dude. Totally I, I kidding. Don't, you know, deception is at an, like you just said, is at an all time high. It's, it, it seems like it's increasing by the day. It is increasing yeah. by the day. We know, um, leading up to the tribulation period, it's going to, the world is going to look more like the tribulation period. And we're, we're here talking about the rapture and then the gap after the rapture where, um, deception is going to continue to ramp up during this time. And then I really believe the moment the rapture happens, it's uh, again, the, when the restrainer is removed, it's deception will be, like no one's ever seen it before. Uh, unrighteous deception will prevail during that time because that's that's Satan's time, right? To do his to do his thing. And again, the the church is the Holy Spirit working through the church will be gone during that time. So I, that, again, that's one of the reasons I think there's going to be a gap is so Satan can continue to deceive people and build the narrative of yep. the explanation of the rapture. But yes, I believe there's a connection between uh, New Age and did you say deception or or UFO? I can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they go they go hand in hand. The, yeah. the whole new age, you know, the Pleiadians, and again, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into. Okay, I, we should talk about that at some future podcast soon. Uh, the connection between this whole alien and UFO movement because they definitely go hand in hand, and we're seeing a big push now for this whole new birth, this rebirth of a repackaged new age, and so uh, we definitely should should talk about that. But listen, family, um, things aren't going to get better, right? Yeah. Pastor Jason, I want you to talk about that and then share the gospel because I guarantee you there are there are a lot of people that are very, very, very anxious, understandably, yeah. with everything happening around us, with the news happening of wars and rumors of wars, of of natural disasters flooding all over. We've got weather patterns that are just unexplainable. We could explain it because the Bible tells us about it, but nonetheless, it could cause anxiety. It could cause fear. But the Lord told us to not be anxious about anything. He told us we don't have a spirit of fear. And what I want to do is turn it over to you right now, and I would love for you to speak into that and then finish by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are afraid and you're and you're a christian number one you're filled with the holy spirit your body is the temple of the holy spirit in jesus name but i want to say this too to anybody out there that maybe you're feeling uh, anxious and worried and you're feeling guilty for being worried uh, or condemned i should say not guilty condemned maybe other christians have condemned you for that listen it's okay. Let me let me say this the right way. So let me say the whole thing. It's okay to be worried as a Christian, but it's not okay to let worry or fear control your life and affect your decisions that you make, right? And I'm saying that because um, um, worry is a natural response. And let me put it in this context. Any parent that watches their kid at the hospital get wheeled out of the hospital room and go in to have surgery, you will be worried. I don't care who you are, how spiritual you think you are. You have no control in that situation. But here's what I believe Jesus was teaching when he said, hey, look, put the kingdom of God first, 
Don't be worried. All these other things will be added to you. Don't let worry control your decisions. And in Jesus' name, don't let it control your emotions either. And here's what I mean by that. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And I believe that we have to do that now more than ever because Satan is working overtime, trying to use fear, trying to use anxiety, trying to use worry to get to Christians, to paralyze us so we won't share the gospel, so we won't do what God's called us to do. So if you're watching this right now and you're trapped in anxiety or worry or fear, I'm, I want to encourage you to take your thoughts captive and to take those emotions captive to the obedience of Christ in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means you just stop. Sometimes you stop and by faith you go, God, I, I ask you to take these thoughts captive in Jesus' name. Satan, I reject you and rebuke you in Jesus' name. What I'm thinking doesn't line up with reality and I rebuke and reject that. And I stand on the faith uh, and I stand on the truth of God's word by faith. Um, if you need to do that, do that right now, right where you're sitting. Say, God, I take these thoughts captive in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be controlled by fear. And here's the other thing. Um, <clears throat> it, the Bible says in the end, end times, perilous times will come, right? In the latter days, perilous times will come. And we know from Bible prophecy, it's only going to get darker as we approach the darkest time um, in human history, in, in world history, uh, the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel. But the hope that we have is greater than the darkness, right? John chapter one, uh, verse five, right? The light has come into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And the light is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. And so the hope that we have in the darkness is Jesus. And he calls us to keep our eyes fixed on him. And so I just wanna, wanna put this out there um, as we close. You know, maybe you're watching this uh, by mistake. Maybe you're watching this because somebody shared it with you. Maybe you, you cut in and we were talking about UFOs and aliens and snakes eating other snakes. <laughs> and you just kept listening because you're like, I don't believe any of that, but I think these guys are crazy and they're, and it's interesting. <laughs> and so I want to keep uh, listening to them. Listen, everything we're talking about is explained in the word of God. It's, it's in the Bible. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are all sinners. You're, you are a sinner. I'm a sinner, Pablo's a sinner, and, our, and it means that um, we're not perfect, and we've done things that, that break God's law, right? We, we can even just go through the Ten Commandments, and I'm here to tell you, you've done at least one or two or a million things that break God's Ten Commandments, and it says that we're all sinners, that the wages of our sin is death, or because we're not perfect, um, hell is our destination because God is a righteous judge. He's a just judge and a righteous judge doesn't let sin go or crimes go unpunished. He, he justly punishes the crime. So our sin leads us to a place where we need punishment and God is a just judge and he's gonna, he's gonna punish the crime. But here's the good news. The good news is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for your crimes or for your sins, that if you'll put your faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, he paid for the sins of the entire world, right? John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so if you're willing to say, God, I'm a sinner, I'm not perfect, I, I need a savior. God, I can't approach you on my own uh, good works, which the Bible says are like filthy rags according to God, but I can only approach you by faith in Jesus. If you're willing to believe that in your heart, that, that you're a sinner and that you need a savior and that Jesus Christ is your savior, 
that he's God and he's the only way to heaven and he died for your sins on the cross 2,000 years ago outside of Jerusalem. If you're willing to believe that, the Bible says you will be saved. It says it specifically like this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, confess him as Lord, and believe in your heart that God, God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So listen, before you, you click away or, or turn the podcast off right now, if you're willing to say yes to Jesus, God, is, God has already said yes to you. If you're willing to say, I'm a sinner, I need a savior, and I believe it's Jesus Christ, you can have eternal life in Jesus. And so if that's you, if you, if you want to say, today is my day to give my life to Christ and, and know that you know that you're going to go to heaven when you die and you want to avoid the tribulation period, just pray this prayer right where you are, whenever you're watching this. And listen, maybe you're even watching this after the rapture and the, the, you still have access to the internet for a while and the world has gone crazy. And maybe there are aliens and UFOs on the earth right now. It's not what they're telling you it is. The people that are gone are in heaven and you can go to heaven too when you die. And so please pray this prayer just right where you are. Uh, bow your head, say these words, mean them from your heart. Just say these words to God. Just bow your head and say, Dear Heavenly Father, God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I believe that Jesus Christ is my savior. I believe he died for my sins on the cross. God, please come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor Jason, that was amazing. I am not going to add anything else to that. Family, if you made a decision for Christ, let Pastor Jason know. Let me know. Um, all the information is below. We would love to, to hear um, how you, you surrender to the Lord, new life in Christ. That would be wonderful uh, to hear. Get into a good Bible-believing church. If you can't find one in your area, uh, you know what? There are plenty of good ones online. Case in point, Pastor Jason's church, and uh, they have their service on Sunday, and they're going to start one Wednesday, uh, yep. which is great. So family, listen, I know uh, we didn't get to the gap period, but we will. Uh, but nonetheless, everything we talked about is something for us to be thinking about constantly and to be very very vigilant about so i hope you guys were blessed encouraged and challenged and as always get into the word of god and get the word of god into you um, because that is the only means to not being deceived jesus christ first holy spirit indwelt and the word of god until the next time lord bless you guys pastor jason thanks so much love you brother all right love you too man thanks for having me Yeah.